Hey everybody, welcome to the 10th episode of the With Podcast. I don't know if anybody's out there and remembers the cartoon Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> There's this phrase that's been coming back to me in the last couple of weeks and um, Pinky asks Brain, there are these two little rats causing trouble. He asks Brain, what are we going to do? He's like, we're going to do the same thing we try and do every week, take over the world. And uh, we're not trying to take over the world. We're just trying to wrap our head, heart, and hands around one part of being. Uh, this part of being called with, in all its various forms, with God, with others, and with ourselves. You know, we're continuing our conversation on caring for ourselves because, as I've said before, but repetition is the heart of learning, we who have ultimate access to ourselves need to be encouraged to engage that access. And when I say access, I want to quickly name a couple misunderstandings associated with access. First, our first misunderstanding, I think our primary misunderstanding, is that we often assume others have access to our innermost being by making them responsible for what only we can do. Uh, I know this because we say things like, you made me angry, they made me sad. And I understand the heart and the communication there, but the fact of the matter is nobody makes me angry. I choose to react to a set of circumstances that delivers that emotion. Second misunderstanding. We wait for the universe to do something when the universe is waiting for us. <laughs> I empathize. Please hear me when I say this. I really do empathize with the dream of wanting others to read your mind. I fully expect my wife, my kids, my friends, complete strangers to read my mind. I expect that they are going to fill the void, speak the words of encouragement that I want to hear, offer that tangible presence and solace through physical touch that I so desire. But if I keep waiting for other people to read my mind, Lord, I'll be waiting forever. So if you're like me and you're waiting for other people to read your mind, just tell them. Please ask them. Invite them in. Give them the access only you control. I don't know how many times my wife and I have been on a date and she'll be driving or I'll be driving and we'll both get to the van, we'll both get to our car and we stand there assuming the other person has the key only to realize, oh no, no, sorry. And we honestly, there's a little bit of frustration. Why aren't they opening the door? Why aren't they unlocking the car so we can get in? Oftentimes when it's raining and we kind of look at each other and then we realize, oh, <laughs> my bust, I have the key. So, Let's continue. Let's continue this leaning into work on ourselves, caring for ourselves, taking advantage of the access we have to ourselves. Let's continue to push back on the pull of self-focus, not self-care. Self-care offers change, but self-focus um, often takes place when we just talk about ourselves, look intently at ourselves, share our infinite opinions that we have ourselves, and nothing ever changes. Let's choose to really care, care for ourselves by engaging. And to whatever degree you are involved in the process of actually working on yourself, it will be the degree to which you see change. Now, we've talked about areas of ourselves, self being three parts. As we're made in the impression and image of God, who is three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, so we are three, body, soul, and spirit. Now, whether or not you believe in the Trinity, whether or not you believe in being made of the image and the impression of God, I would just invite you just to think in those terms. Just do me the solid and 
accept that or just hold it lightly if that makes you feel better. The simple fact of the matter is that I believe whether or not you have a foundational understanding of gravity, if you jump off the top of a building, gravity doesn't care if you believe in it or not. So regardless of where you are, maybe you're going to hold it tightly, maybe you're going to hold it loosely, maybe it's something that you've heard of before that you fully invest in this Trinitarian existence. Just lean into it with me. These pieces and parts of us are distinct and they're overlapping. They are individual aspects of you and they are deeply intertwined threads within you. It's both and. There's a character piece that is demonstratively different between these three individual areas of our whole being. Uh, Inclinations for our body uh, slips and slides. It, It just does. Unless we abjectly push back and do something effectual about it. We don't get a six-pack for abs by thinking about it, right? Our, our body slips and slides. Inclinations for the soul is much the same way. Our soul is immersed in this inescapable human existence, deconstructs and devolves of its own volition. Unless we make space, turn the tide and give ourselves time, use the tools to chase after healing and wholeness. It's these inclinations, within these inclinations, that a divergent wrinkle shows itself between these parts of us. We must put forth availability and some effort, but the divergent wrinkle in spirit is the approaching, welcoming, already there nature of God. That ache to be involved, restlessly waiting to be allowed in. I oftentimes picture the Spirit of God in my life, wanting to engage my spirit, wanting to bring healing and growth and maturity to me, much like those horses. Have you ever seen the horses at a track, maybe a Churchill Downs at the Kentucky Derby, when they, they get them into those those chutes and they're just, they get in there and they're ready and they're just waiting to explode. It's one of the most incredible, if you've ever seen it in real life, uh, we, it's just mind-blowing that the amount of expulsion that just emanates from these animals and much like those horses are just waiting just waiting for the door to open and as soon as it does they shoot out much the same way God's spirit is just aching to shoot into and be with you and I the equivalent of this different wrinkle in our spirit would be getting stronger and better looking by just putting on spandex and standing there. That doesn't happen to the body piece of us, although some of us would hope and kind of act like it does. Or maybe just going and standing, looking at the veggie section of Harris Teeter will improve your medical profile. We do have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps for the body. We have to eat different, put on spandex, and actually move We have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps for our soul. We've got to say no to things as they engage us, the temptations. We have to learn to look away. We have to say no to people wanting to do things with our time. We need to read some books, choose to read some books, have some hard conversations, followed by more hard conversations, finished by probably another hard conversation. Bootstraps, however aren't necessary when you're talking about the spirit. Because whatever pulling up could be done has been fully accomplished by God's coming down. We see this throughout the scriptures from cover to cover. 
In Genesis chapter 1, it is not us who engage creation, but God. It is God who makes us. It is God who breathes life into us. It is God who comes looking for Adam and Eve, even as they engage sin and miss the mark. They don't go looking for God, but God is coming and looking for them. In Revelation 21, we see again that the new city, the new Jerusalem, comes not out of earth or out of some creation, but it comes from heaven to hear. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, there's this beautiful poetic narrative about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it goes on and declares. But what I'm speaking to specifically is the reality that God comes to us. The true light, which gives light to everyone, verse 9, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own did not receive him. But the fact of the matter is, just because God is not received, God is not welcomed, doesn't mean he doesn't explode into an opportunistic moment of our lives and is moving towards us. Luke chapter 15, familiar passage of scripture. We find the seeking shepherd, the searching woman, the running father, the three God illustrations that Jesus tells in that parable are all ones that go after, come towards. All the activity needed from us for this frame of us, speaking to our spirit, because the last couple of weeks we've spoken to body, we've we've spoken to soul. All the activity needed from us for this frame of us, the spirit, is spelled out in availability. Scripture, prayer, uh, what I would term extra, reading books, listening to podcasts, attending a seminar, getting into a group, uh, worship, serving. God's presence, purpose, and power will absolutely fill whatever size box you offer him. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps to care for and grow in the spirit. In fact, bootstraps are altogether unnecessary and if anything at all, detrimental. You're not going to earn your way into growth and maturity in your spirit. The only necessity is your availability. And if you don't believe me, I'd invite you to try it. Read the scriptures for a few days straight and just see what God explodes into your life. Make a few moments each day for prayer. Again, not just the, the, the monologue prayer where you list your desires and needs and wants and I'm not saying that's not important but make sure prayer is a two-way street and don't think you need to go into some prayer closet for the next four hours and do that make a few moments each day and I mean that a few moments each day for prayer where you may speak but please also listen Do one thing extra. Over the next few days, just do one thing extra. Maybe sign up for a group, attend a group, or listen to a podcast. Not this one, another one. Uh, Pick up a book about something scriptural or something about growing and, and see what God can do as you give him that. Worship. Worship. Worship to a song. Find something. Maybe read a psalm in the Bible. Say out loud just a couple of times, God, you're good. And then say why. That is worship too. And finally, serve somebody. Just serve somebody. And you might be thinking, well, how does that make space for God? Because it begins to align us to his nature and his heart. The other morning, uh, Zoe was talking about 
how she loves to do things for other people. And my wife looked at her and she said, why do you love to do that? She's like, I don't know. I just, I like to serve because it makes me feel good. And while there is a shallow reality to that, there's a depth that is so true because what happens and what my six-year-old daughter already feels is that when we're generous with ourselves, we align ourselves to who God is. And that quote-unquote good feeling is so much more than just a good feeling. I believe that is God's presence filling in to that opportunity in a moment. And as you avail upon these opportunities that stand, listen to me, that stand at the ready, I guarantee God's presence, purpose, and power will flood the space that you open up. Now, may you in the way of our Christ go, be with, and care for yourself as God cares for and is with you. Thanks so much for joining with us.